This is Chris. And this is Andrew, and welcome back to the newest episode of Video Games Cover to Covers, continuing and eternal coverage of The Witcher 3, um, part 14, I believe. No, 13. Part 13. This is just too, this is too long of a series. We're at the, we're, we're getting into the end of Act 2 of the main game without touching the DLC, and we're already three episodes further than we took us to get through Final Fantasy X-2. Well, I don't know about you. I think I am. I think we are at the end of Act Yeah, two. yeah, we are. This because is we're, the, it's what we're going to be talking about Because we're talking about the battle. Yeah, that is the end of Act 2. As the end. That, there's nothing left to talk about, you know? So yeah, there's a lot to cover this episode. Lots of big story stuff. So honestly, I think all we're going to be doing is talking about story stuff because... Agreed. There might be... A, if I remember a few side quests here and there, you know, they may be sprinkled in because I, I know I did do a couple of side quests uh, th- this this week as well. It's just every single time I think about them, I immediately, my mind blanks. So if I just pop in suddenly and and, and I'm like, the Gundam, then it's, it's <laughs> oh, like, I okay. Forgot. How could you forget the side quest where Geralt gets his own Gundam? I Well, I know, but that's the thing. It's like this battle just, that that's how intense this battle was. It kind of overshadows everything else. Even the Gundam. Even the Gundam, which is a real surprise. I, it is, because how you of all people... Forgetting about giant robot battles. Well, it's more of the fact that, you know, I've just played so much Dynasty Warriors that when the game became Dynasty Warriors in Gundam form, it, it just it was a real surprise to me. I mean, there is a Dynasty Warriors Gundam. There are several of those. Well, no, I understand. Okay. But what I'm saying, when this game did it, it was a real surprise to me. Um, it is nice to be right about the Peller and <laughs> the cloning, though. Well, yeah, but... Then he made all the clones into giant robots, which was a little weird. Well, who knew that Siri had the power to turn into a giant robot? I didn't. No, me either. But, you know, if we had read the books, it probably would have made sense. Yeah, you know what? You're right. And I really should get to reading those books because I had no idea that Siri had that kind of ability. So it, it, it's just one of those things where I wasn't expecting it, but I was pleasantly surprised. So Uma, I guess. <laughs> right. So Uma. Um Uma is a creature that we found at the end of series last. Well, we originally found him all the way back in Velen, where he was. Adopted oh, that's by the right, Baron. the card game thing. I've yeah. forgotten about that. The Baron talked about winning him in a card game, and I mean, he kind of takes care of him. It's not like he seems like he's treating him reasonably well enough. Yeah, it, it, it's basically one of those things where. The Baron, once again, is kind of learning from his mistakes, and he's just kind of taking care of this thing. You know what I never did? What's up? I never went back to make sure that Greta was okay now that the Baron is gone. Greta was that girl, I think, or Greta or Gretchen or something, I don't remember. I never went back in that little... She's there still, I believe. She is? Yeah. Well, hopefully, I wonder if there's a dialogue option to talk about after the Baron, because I can't imagine she's super cool with that sergeant yeah that's true although when you go do the sergeant quest Geralt has no time for his crap it's true at all so yeah we we learned and i know we talked about this like a couple weeks ago the last time we talked about the main story and finishing up the hunt for siri and skellige but uma we have since determined was somehow connected to siri possibly even is siri herself under a curse at least that's the operating assumption that they're going by for a while that she's just been cursed and turned into this thing, and that's why she was worried about the phylactery and stuff like that, trying to get this curse lifted before it consumed her. So Geralt's immediately like, well, I gotta go get this Uma guy thing. 
person. Uma standing for ugliest man alive, which I didn't realize that was that they ha- there was an actual name there. But Pokemon style, it kept saying Uma over and over and over. Yes, that's like the only thing it would say. Which I is it just one of those things where the game just says ugliest man alive. But Pokemon style, they just say Uma over and over. I don't know, because even Dandelion referred to him as the ugliest man alive in the narration. Well, yeah, but Dandelion wouldn't know about that. Maybe Dandelion finds out about that later. I don't know. Anyway, regardless. Yeah, you go back to Velen, to the sergeant's place, to ask, more not even ask, to say that you're going to be taking Uma now. You do not ask. None of your options are friendly. All of your options are, you are giving me Uma, and I am leaving, or you are dying. And then I'm taking Uma and I'm leaving. Like, either way, I'm taking Uma. Because at first, even when you do the snarky, yeah, I'm taking Uma and I'm leaving, the sergeant is like, Haha, yeah, no, you're not. I'm not going to take away my source of laughter or yada yada. And Which is immediately, like, you can immediately tell how much worse he's probably been treating this thing than the Baron was. Because the Baron at least seemed like he was trying to do right by him. And immediately Geralt goes... I'm taking Uma, whether you like it or not. This is not up for debate. And if you want to fight me, you're more than welcome. But no matter what, I'm leaving here with Uma, whether you leave with your life or not. Um, uh, uh, okay, just whatever. I'm tired of dealing with this. Just go. Which is the quintessential, there's literally nothing I can do, but I'm going to try and save face and make it seem like it's my idea. Yeah, it's the, I know I would lose the fight, but I don't want to admit that, so... So then you go out and talk to the stable guy who was apparently keeping Uma in the barn. Yeah. And once again is saying, you're not taking Uma. What are we going to laugh at from now on? And again, Geralt's options are screw you and screw you even more. (laughs) And I'm like, get out of my way. I'm taking Uma. And his response is essentially got it. (laughs) Yeah. Which, to be fair, is really how it should be, because by this point, everybody in this camp knows what Geralt is capable of, so let's not pretend that this is some kind of, like, that anybody has any doubts of whether or not they could beat Geralt in a fight. Let's be real. None of you are going to beat Geralt. All of you are going down, so just don't even bother. Yeah, exactly. We all know how this conversation ends. Poorly for you. So... You kind of get back, and there's this little scene of Uma trying to eat like a rat or something, and it's like, okay. But this is where you finally go back to Karamoran. Yeah, you finally get to go there for the first time, other than the flashback at the very beginning of the game. And my immediate thought process upon arrival is, A, Yennefer's awesome, and I don't see her anywhere, which is confusing to me. And where the heck is Kara? Like, where? I thought I told her to show up. Where is Kara Metz? So let's back up a second. You're saying your first thought process is Yennefer is awesome. So please elaborate what was going on when you showed up, because it's probably different than what was going on when I showed up. Well, Vesemir comes in, and it's hilarious because the first thing he mentions is um, Yennefer showed up, immediately started yelling orders at everybody, not telling anybody what was going on. And then she threw a perfectly good bed out of a window. Okay, so the same thing did happen. And Geralt's like, oh, I love that bed. It was a good bed. And Vesemir goes, oh, yeah, Trish used to. Got it. Got it. Totally understand. And then they um, just conversation over. Yeah. Like, neither of them are like, got it. 
Twitch, you have the option to bring it up later. Did you? No, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> well, well, your Yennefer's going to be mad at you regardless. Exactly, so... I didn't... That's one of those dialogue options that I just skipped. Occasionally, I'll skip a dialogue option because I don't feel like being mean to Yennefer. Or if it's something that I just do not care about, you know? Mm -hmm. Which comes up a lot, but sometimes I just choose it because it's like, well, maybe I'll be able to Axne and do some sort of a thing, but not with any of these people. So... I, I am very interested to hear how upset Yennefer is at you. Completely justified. So you go up and you talk to her, which actually I already did the other quest before I talked to her. I did too. As soon as I showed up when they said, Yennefer wants Lambert to do this. Yennefer wants Iskul to do this. I went and helped both of them. I yeah. went out and helped Iskul first. And Iskul is just great. Lambert. Ugh. Honestly, Lambert kind of grew on me during the course of this time. Lambert grew on me during the battle, and then I hated him again after the battle, just because of something he said. He grew on me in the prep for the battle and, like, the getting drunk scene that we'll get to later. Yes and no there. He grows on me later on, and it's... I but, didn't do the whole getting drunk scene, but before we even get to that, yeah. when you got to the island with Lambert... I have two questions for you. One, did you go after the kid noises? And did. two, did you kill the trolls? Yes and no, respectively. So, same for me. I went after the kid, immediately was attacked by Foglets, and Lambert is immediately like, you freaking moron, what is your problem? I knew this was going to happen, you're dumb. And and I completely agree with what Geralt said, which is because that's the same thought I had is, yeah, it was probably not a person, but what if it was? I wouldn't be able to live with that. And that's the thing. And that is what sets Geralt apart from Lambert, which is why Lambert is such a, a, a super jerk, because Lambert is like, oh, I'm just not going to waste my time with any of this. There's even a part later when all of you are drinking together. Well, I don't know if Yennefer shows up for your drinks or not, she but does. Lambert talks about how they're talking about war stories and everything. And Lambert's like, oh yeah, I totally killed the troll. And Geralt's immediately like, well, at least I chose him to say, this is why did you kill the troll? Mm -hmm. There's literally no reason for you to kill that troll. And he's like, I thought we were supposed to kill monsters. And Geralt's immediate response is only monsters that pose a threat. It's very clear in this world that trolls do not pose a threat to anyone. Hey, so Yennefer said something to me in that context that she probably didn't say for you if you didn't bring it up, but because she was mad at me and was being snarky. But she says, yes, well, not all of us can afford to have your your political sensibilities or something like that. It implies that, that like, Geralt, even in the books, has been, like, a uh, trolls are awesome advocate for a while. Yeah, see, she actually said the exact same thing for me, and I took it more of a slight to Lambert, only because Iskul immediately is like, let's drink a shot for the trolls. Mm. Everyone takes a drink, and then Lambert's like... <laughs> Okay, and then he drinks too. I took that more as a slight to Lambert of, yeah, not everybody is as good as you, Geralt. I wonder if she even said it tonally the same, because it might be a matter of she just says the same line, but a lot more sarcastic. It could be. But th then at the exact same time, she also frequently jokes around with Geralt of, you're too good for your own good sometimes. Yeah. Even though Geralt is openly very clear about him being like a bad guy. It's just of the bad guys, he's apparently the best of them all, minus potentially Vesemir. Which is why he's the hero of the books. I mean, just, you know, that and so he's the least terrible. <laughs> it was hilarious to me that Lambert just wants to murder these trolls, and 
I'm just sitting there like, no, I don't care. There's, I see no reason to kill these trolls. I don't know what is wrong with you. You're just a murder fiend. It's like, you're the murder hobo, and I'm j- just like the guy who occasionally needs to murder out of, you know, I just need to. <laughs> I have a compulsion. I can't help it. I'm, I need to kill these bandits. I am not going to kill these, these trolls. trolls. Yeah. I love the trolls in the games. Like, I just do. They're great. And that's the thing. It's very clear that the trolls pose essentially no threat to humans at all. And it seems like trolls are more fascinated with human culture, facets yeah. of human culture, specifically ones that they choose to obsess over, like Shoes. The, the shoe trolls and then the boat trolls. The boat troll is still like my favorite random character in this Because they, they were obsessed lo- with being in the army. I love that guy. He's my favorite. And so it's one of those things where... Also, the guy that uh, was in that Deekstra had in his basement, he was he was a good one too. Yeah, and he all he cared about was protecting that gold. Yeah, it's the only thing in the world that he cared about. Yeah, they get very like single minded and focus on something and just stick with it. But they're very endearing. Exactly. So yeah, like there was no way I was killing those trolls if there was a way we could work it out. Like I just wasn't. And so when they do that whole drinking scene, it I I just love it so much more because it's like I. Once again, I just, I'm like, Lambert, you suck, man. But there are so many good things about that drinking scene that I liked. Well, let's, we should probably cover the Eskel bit before we get into that, too. Like the rest of the stuff before we, because the Eskel, you only fight a monster. Well, and Yennefer. I mean, like, there's more before we get to the. I'm getting to Yennefer. I'm not going to move on with the drinking until we talk about Yennefer. Are you kidding me? Eskel, Eskel and Lambert really were no-nothing quests. It's just, I really cared whether you killed those trolls or not. Eskel is just a general... He is just the... He's like Geralt, but he's like the more grizzled, mm-hmm. I've been doing this for just as long as you. You're too old for this. We're respected. Guy. Yeah. You know, it's just like, we're the, the old guard, whereas Lambert is the new guard, who's constantly... I don't think that's actually true. I'm pretty sure Lambert's just as old as they are. I, I don't know about that. I'm pretty I sure... Thought- that because I thought it came up in the drinking scene that they were like Lambert calls him old man and then Geralt says something like uh, you're as old as I am you just didn't get the gray hair yet <laughs> he said that to Eskel oh not I, to I thought it was Lambert, Lambert. He said that too I when they first ran into Lambert I remember I am pretty sure that Geralt mentions him being like the young buck because Geralt constantly gives him grief about quick decisions and everything and Geralt's like. It comes with experience. Like, he he frequently brings it up. When, I, I think it came up again when the whole kid thing came up, because Geralt said when he was talking about how I'd much rather it not be a child than anything else, because I don't want to make mistakes like that. When you're around as long as me, you'll get there, too. And Lambert's just like, oh, I just hate everything. Although, turns out, I guess, Lambert, we did get more backstory about Lambert. Yeah. Which I had kind of forgotten about. I don't think we got much out of Eskel. Not really. But Lambert, basically, the only reason why he's a witcher is because his drunk father essentially sold him to become a witcher. Basically, his drunk father was being attacked by drowners, and he was going to be killed. And a witcher shows up and saves him, and he says, oh, you don't have any money? Well, give me the most valuable thing in your home when we get back. And his father basically says, here, take this kid. And that's how Lambert became a witcher. As I understand it, it's not a super uncommon way for that to happen. I think that's how most witchers... Um, from my understanding, almost all witchers were... Given up like that, yeah. Not necessarily given up like that, but they were all forlorn kids. Yeah. That's why when 
Geralt comes across Siri in the first place, he's like, I did what, I would, done, what yeah. I would have done with any male child. I took them to become a witcher because I don't know anything else. That's just what you do. Yeah. And so it humanized Lambert a little bit. And at the same time, it's like, I get where you're coming from and I get why you're such a sour puss, but you've basically become your dad. Why don't you strive to be a little better than him? If your entire complaint is, I just hate being a witcher because this whole life was thrusted upon me, I get it, but maybe you should try to strive to be a little bit better than your father. And it's like, if you're just going to be a dick to everyone all the time, how are you any better than your drunk dad? Which I think, depending on some of the things that happen, could happen. I don't want to get too far ahead, but I got a random epilogue scene early into Act 3 that covered that a little bit. Really? Yeah. How far are you in Act 3? Not very. Like, I just... Well, I want to well, I want to get to that point, but... So, I guess moving forward... Yeah. You show up to Yennefer, and she's having trouble with her Megascope. And I just want to pause for a second here and talk about Megascopes. Yeah, so... So... Go ahead. This is like the cell phone of this... Right. This area, and only mages use it. Because it takes a lot of magic, because of course it does. So, I'm sitting here thinking... At one point, you summon somebody with the Megascope to talk to one of the Lodge people. Well, yeah, some elven sorceress. So I'm just sitting there thinking, all of these mages and sages and druids or whatever are taking their Megascopes around. Is there just some vibrate function that's like, hey, you're getting a call? (laughs) And is there like a concept of a ringback tone? Like, when you contact one of these sorceresses, I have to assume... It's like some sort of a ringing situation. And because they have to find a place to put these three things in like this exact... It's like, okay, I'm getting a phone call. Give me about 20 minutes. (laughs) So then you sit there and it's like, as a mage, do you have to start the phone call? And then just go like make some food or something and come back? And then be like, either that or I have to stand here this whole time and wait on them. And I don't want to do that because what if they're in the shower or something? And it's like, well, they'll call me back later, but I I can't leave because I'm trying to call this person. It's like the most inconvenient cell phone ever. I mean, I guess it's a lot better than having to physically go talk to them in person but but they can teleport and it's like what are they afraid of teleporting into their bath or something i don't think like i imagine unless they're actively traveling i would imagine they just leave it set up in a place the whole time because megascopes got introduced in two as a concept uh because philippa when you're hunting her for a while in two she, that's one of the clues you find is she had a megascope and blah 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 and you actually get a choice of whether or not to sabotage it i believe well, you, you, she also has a megascope in this one that that's you get the crystal for. Now, I I have a question, Andrew. Yeah. When you were doing Redania's Most Wanted, yeah. Did you give the crystal to Triss and or Yennefer, or did you give it to Radovid? I didn't even realize you could give it to one of the sorceresses. So Radovid. Okay. Oh, interesting. That's not reassuring at all. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. Um. Depending on your choices coming up, I'm going to tell you if you've made a real bad decision. Because apparently that's important. Oh. But anyway. Okay, I probably so, did then. So you did give it to Radovid. Yeah. I didn't. Like I said, I didn't even realize there were you could give it to somebody else, or I probably wouldn't have. There was an optional in, if you look at the crystal itself, it says, talk to Triss or Yennefer about this. Oh. In... In the crystal. It doesn't say that in the quest. In the quest, it says, give this back to yeah. them. But there's a brief flash of, have Yennefer and or Triss look at this. 
I held on to it until the very end because none of the times up until the point that you do last wish, none of them are you able to talk to Yennefer as just a, hey, Yennefer, what's up? What's going on? And because I can't ever see Triss again at this point because she's just gone, Yennefer is the only one that I can give it to. So I've been holding on to this level 12 quest forever because I was thinking... It's probably important to give this crystal to one of the two mages because if Philippa is still alive and that's going to be important to killing Radovid, I really need to figure that situation out. So I specifically waited to give it to Yennefer and it wasn't until I had the whole Megascope conversation that I was then able to finally talk to her and say, hey, can I have the crystal? Or, hey, look, I found this crystal. And you get this whole scene about Yennefer basically looking into the crystal and then Geralt going, well, how am I going to know what's going to happen? And she says, oh, don't worry. I'll let you view the crystal and then I'll just read your mind. And he's like, this whole (laughs) mind reading thing again. And she's like, shut up. Same thing with the mask. So she does that again. And you get this whole scene where Philippa is talking about how she wants to get her eyesight back. She specifically, it's very clear that she's still alive and very clear that she's like trying to get her eyesight back. And it sounds like it's almost before the whole thing where um, she's experimenting on like transforming into stuff. I think she turns into an owl or something and then leaves. It's, It's heavily implied that she leaves. So I was like, okay, cool. Then I went back to Radovid, and then I turned it in, and he says, I'm like, yeah, pretty sure she's dead. And he's like, oh, cool. Was it just on your word? And Geralt's like, yeah, I don't really have anything else to show for it. And he's like, okay, well, you're not getting the money, but cool. It's great that she died. It's just fitting. (laughs) I'm like, but if you have no proof, you're not getting a reward. Did you get a reward for giving him the crystal? I believe I did. Okay. So what terrible decision did I make? Well, that may come back to hurt you depending on a decision you made after the battle okay so at this point it's now time for the drinking game oh yennefer's quest was kind of cool you basically use this thing it's like a it's like a hot and cold thing yeah you you have to go around and figure out why there's magical interference going on and it's because lambert built a bunch of anti-magic bombs and that was causing her thing to keep exploding yeah and She's like, uh, yeah, of course, duh, Lambert, he hates me. Why wouldn't he do that? And uh, that, w- which was a funny conversation because I was kind of like, are you sure Lambert is smart enough to know yeah, that? that? I, I did the same thing. And, he, and she's like, no, he just hates me. He's not dumb. He like, knows what he did. She's like, Geralt, come on. He's not dumb. And I'm like, yeah, I guess you have a point. He isn't dumb, but he is dumb. <laughs> So, so, Mike, again, I, I can't move on past this. My conversation with Yennefer went slightly different. Yeah, I need, I have to know how this this whole thing went down. Well, well I will say, my conversation, she was very nice about everything. Uh, I didn't bring up the bed, but she was like, be nice to my friend. I thought I was being nice. Apparently not, because she got mad at me afterwards. Like, I, I really thought I was trying to be polite, but... Well, what options did you choose? Not the right ones, I guess. Well, which ones did you choose? Don't remember the specific ones. 
Well, there were two very clear options. There was one that was, yo, what up, girl? Oh, I didn't pick that, but... And then there was the Var Esta whatever. I called her that. I remember, I do distinctly remember calling her by her big title. And then there was another thing where it was basically like, there was, it was a very clear difference between what the polite options were. It might've just been one of those situations where there was no pleasing her no matter what you did. That may be because she was already mad, so it's very possible. Because she very much didn't say anything about my behavior. So before I even got to that, though. Question. Yes. When you talked to her right when she said, by the way, there's one more thing. Did you say, let me guess, I want you to do something. Or did you say, what now? I think I might have said the first one, which probably was the rude option. That was the very rude option. The other one was very much like, oh, what can I do to help you out? Yeah. Versus. So that's probably why she got mad. Oh, I'm guessing you need something because she didn't actually need something. She was literally just giving you information about the prophecy in Siri. So that might have been where you messed up. Yeah. But anyway, so before any of that happened, Yennefer basically like as soon as you come in the room, she just looks at you and tells you to apologize. And there's just this moment of like, sorry, what? Like, because girls like, I'm not sure what's going on here. And then she starts yelling at him about, you know, sleeping with Triss or whatever. And there's basically no good answer. I'm pretty sure all the answers in the same way here. But it's like, you know, I had amnesia or like, you know, I didn't need, I thought you were dead. Like there's also, there's two, like two or three different things you can say. And I'm pretty sure all of them in the same way, which is her shouting and teleporting you into the middle of the ocean and you have to swim back. <laughs> Are you serious? Literally, she just does a thing. And then you're just falling and you just fall into the water and you have to like hike all the way back. Oh, that is amazing. And then you walk in and it basically just repeats until you actually just stop it and just go straight to, okay, I'm sorry. You should have just apologized. You know, that's what you get. Not surprising at all. I will say Tris handled the situation a little bit better when I actually did see her later. Although I haven't really had an opportunity to actually talk to Tris. So, so yeah, she just like basically like snaps her fingers and you just, and she's like, what? And it's like, you're just falling down into the ocean. Honestly, again, you're not saying anything that make, that does not make me like Triss even more. That's mildly annoying. But the fact that like, that's something that a jealous mage would definitely do. And especially knowing that like, you're going to be fine. You're a witcher. That's perfect. And I love it. Oh, that is great. So yeah, she teleports you into the ocean. Oh, that is so perfect. Uh, so yeah, so I think I did that twice before I was just like, okay, I'm just going to say yes here because this is clearly the only way out of this situation. You didn't learn the first time? I just wanted to see if she would literally do it again. And she, <laughs> like, I fully expected that. Well, I would have just saved and reloaded. Yeah, it's fine. I would definitely have not walked back the second time. Well, but I, just, I mean, you swim to the shore and you use the fast travel signpost. That is hilarious. It- Triss doesn't really get an opportunity because she's not at Kaer Morhen for me. And I actually didn't think she was going to be in the battle. But apparently Yennefer like calls her up on her megaphone and she ends up showing up to help Siri anyway. I have so to I'm assume happy that they, about that. I have to assume that they did that because the plan, like she's such an important part of the plan that I don't know how they could have written around it. Everyone is important to the plan. As far as I'm concerned, everyone that shows up. But before we get to that, before we get to the battle itself, let's finish off Uma here. So uh, all of these quests 
with Yennefer and Lambert and Iskel are culminating to you are trying to cure Uma of the curse. And she doesn't tell anyone why. And that's why people, at least in my game, are upset with her. And yeah, is that she constantly is just not telling people things. She's not telling people things. And at the end of the conversation that I actually have with her before I go to do the thing, I have the option to be like, what do you not trust us? And he's like, because honestly, I kind of feel slighted too, in a way. And she's like, listen, I have a very good reason, which in her defense, she does have a pretty good reason. I know that you're not going to like it, but you just have to trust me. And it sucks. I know it's not that I don't trust you. It's that I'm not really super cool with what I'm doing either. And then when Geralt starts to walk away, she goes, oh, and one more thing. Thank you, Geralt. And then he's like, he pops a little smile and then walks away. And I'm like, yes, Jennifer is is the best. <laughs> You know, she didn't teleport me into the ocean. I'm very happy about that. But even if she did do it, you know, Geralt deserved it. You know, he did. He does bad stuff all the time. <laughs> it took him too long to ride back with Uma and she's upset. So you go. So so basically, Vesemir has this plan of I'm going to go cure it with Hemlock because I'm old and I know how to cure things. And I'm sorry, Yennefer, I'm just doing this. Which, again, to be fair, given what she explains she wants to do, I... She hasn't explained it yet. She does. I thought she explained it before then, and that's why everybody's like, what? No, No. we're doing it his way. No. She does not explain what she wants to do until they go drinking. Vesemir, when she shows up, at least for me, when she shows up and goes downstairs and basically says, hey, I've contacted everyone, I want to move forward with my plan... The very first thing Vesemir says is, I've noticed that there are hints of, like, some sort of a person in there. I know of this ancient cure. I don't care what you have to say, Yennefer. I'm going to do this. And she kind of backtalks a little bit, and Lambert's immediately like, um, you are not going to disrespect Vesemir. And I'm like, I didn't say anything, because I'm like, yeah, he kind of has a point. You're not going to disrespect, like, Yennefer... You and I are cool. You are not going to disrespect him. Let him do his thing. Yeah, like, you don't come into his house and tell him he's wrong. (laughs) So that's what happened for me. And then it immediately went into the whole drinking thing. And then she says, by the way, what I want to do is, well, first, this probably didn't happen for you, but this happened for me. As soon as Vesemir leaves, they kind of start, they, they, they're they all standing there and they're talking about getting drinks or whatever. And Yennefer goes, Geralt, I need to see you for a minute. And he's no. like, oh, okay. No, that didn't happen for me. And I can probably guess what she needed to see him for. She goes, she's walking over and Geralt's like, hey, what do you want? What's going on? And she goes, uh, we're going to make love. And he's like, whoa, awful forward. And she's says, uh, I do not have time for any of this nonsense. I want some and I want it now, you know, for the next one or two hours. And he goes, there are two options. And one of them is, well, hey, maybe three. And she's like, I'm going to hold you to that. (laughs) The scene, very passionate, way more so than the previous time. It was long and there was a lot. They were very happy. Yeah. And this 100%, it was three hours. It's very clear. So then they all go downstairs and drink. And Eskel kind of shows up. Eskel's 
or, or I think it was Lambert that go, oh, hey, are you two finally done? And Eskel's like, shut up. <laughs> Leave him alone. It's not our business. And he's like, huh, whatever. And we're all kind of sitting there talking and... Lambert tells his story about killing the troll. Eskel kind of tells his story about how the vampire that he caught. Did you do the autopsy on the vampire with Eskel? When? When you first show up at the castle, Eskel's standing there in front of a vampire. You have the option to do an autopsy. He was already gone when I got there. Yes, but when you get him and you come back, he's sitting there with a... Oh, dead vampire. Then no, I and he talks about how it's like old and it was way better than other vampires, and he was trying to study it. No, I didn't know that that was a thing. Oh, it was funny because Geralt shows up and he's like, "Hey, why don't I help you out with this?" And he's like, "I don't really." And he's like, "Oh no, you don't understand." And Geralt pulls out an apple and he just starts eating the apple and he's like, "I'm gonna supervise." And he's like, let's take a look at its claws. And he takes a bite out of the apple. And Eskel's sitting there going, well, they're longer than normal. He's very old, yada, yada. And Geralt's like taking another bite. And he's like, oh, interesting. Let's look at the head next. And it was so funny. It was oh, such a I'm funny so scene. I'm so disappointed I missed that. That's great. So then Eskel tells his story about how the vampire and how it was only killing like specific women of class mm-hmm. and everything. And then it gets on to kind of Geralt's deal. And after Geralt's done telling his story... Lambert's like, oh, and by the way, Geralt, with all the things that you're doing, how's Triss? What's she up to? Yeah. (laughs) To which my immediate answer is, screw you in way harsher words to Lambert. And Eskels immediately goes, not the time, Lambert. And Yennefer just kind of leaves it there and doesn't say anything. I have to assume that it didn't just get left there for you. Uh, it, it doesn't go much beyond that, but there's definitely a reaction from Yennefer of like, yes, how is Triss? <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, it basically cuts off right after that. And there's just that moment of like Yennefer being like, yeah, you know, I really wanted to know how Triss was. <laughs> Lambert, I hate you. <laughs> So makes that he definitely knew about those bombs and he definitely just hates Yennefer. I mean, it was clear to begin with because he's like, yeah, I haven't really cared to go out and do this thing. But during the battle, one thing that made me really like Lambert was the fact that he just kept going serious. One of our own, mm. especially after you get her back. He's like, serious, one of our own, and we will protect her with everything we have. And I was like, oh, dude. Well, there's Lambert, a, there's I've a, hated you this whole time, and now finally I'm like, you're you're not actually that bad after all. There's a really good scene when they get super plastered too, which it's a, I don't know if you got went far enough because you said you cut it off before they got mega drunk. I didn't. So what I did was the first thing I did was I talked about. So I right about this point, I think is when Yennefer goes to bed. Yennefer goes to bed right after the whole, basically after the whole Triss thing, and she essentially tells Geralt, "Hey, don't stay up." Yeah. To which I don't think no matter what you do, the story immediately continues and he pulls out the good stuff, uh, Lambert does, and essentially no matter what you do, you wake up the next morning groggy because I know this because I accidentally just left and I was like, oh no! And the next morning, no matter what, he was sleeping on the floor and I was like, oh crap, so I skipped everything and then reloaded had to go through the whole thing again. But, you know, I got the scene with Yennefer again and (laughs) it it was well worth it. (laughs) So did you get all the way drunk then? Second time? Well, I didn't get all the way plastered, but I chose, I didn't choose the option that said, let's get the party started. Mm -hmm. 
There was another option that was basically just let's do story time or something. Mm -hmm. And then there was Gwent. I obviously played Gwent and obviously won. Yeah. And then there was some other story time where, oh, it was what were you guys up to? And they were talking about how Vesemir kept asking them to fix the wall and they kept not doing it because Lambert doesn't want to. Yeah. He's like, honestly, it's made it much easier for me to go get water and stuff. I don't want to do this. Did you, uh, did you see the part where Lambert like puts on the hat and tries to imitate Yes. That was so fun. Yeah. That was he great. He puts on the hat and he's like, we don't need more than one Vesemir. <laughs> yeah. That was so wonderful. And that's this whole area has been like Lambert's a dick, but he has his moments of being like a genuinely not so bad guy. He just I feel like he lets his anger and rage get the better of him more often than not. And he just he reminds me of myself, which is why I don't like him. Fair enough. Like it, it's very clear that like If somebody killed my friend and I was living in this world, I would probably just be just like Lambert and go out and get my revenge because this was my bud and you just killed him. It's one of those things where it's like, that's kind of the same way I play Geralt, but I always kind of tend to choose the, if you don't need to die, you don't have to option. Whereas I know that's kind of the opposite of Lambert, but like too many times I'm kind of like, yeah, I probably would have done the same thing as Lambert. And I'm like, oh, I hate myself. (laughs) So, so I want to hear the extended version because okay, so, I did not go through any of that. I played Gwent and I saw the scene with the hat and then I went right to bed. Okay. So yeah, I, I played Gwent, did the same thing, beat uh, Eskel, then the hat scene, which was really good. And then Lambert walks off to get more because you drank all the stuff already. <laughs> and so then there's a scene with just Gerald and Eskel chatting a little bit and they talk about. That was the same one. That was the same one with the hat. Oh, that's right. That's when he comes back with the that's hat. That's when he yeah. comes back with the hat. I, that's the one I saw. So that was the... Okay. So then I did the story time. Okay. And then they do Never Have I Ever. Okay. And they all... You do a round of that, and you get to pick whether Geralt has to drink or not for each thing they say. So, like, it's not about... You get to choose if Geralt has had these experiences. Um, Like, Lambert does Never Have I Ever Slept with a Succubus and Eskel Drinks. And they're like, what? Really? Oh, did you see the second succubus? Which second succubus? There's only one second. There's two succubuses in the entire game. Oh. Oh, then I guess not. Like, what are you referring to? There's another succubus later. There's only two chances to get succubus mutagen in the entire game. And if you've only seen one succubus, then you haven't seen the other succubus. Yeah. (laughs) If you've only seen the one, which we already talked about, you definitely haven't seen the other one. There is another succubus. Okay. But again, I let her go because she's like, I refuse to sleep with witchers. And Geralt's like, I didn't save you because I wanted to sleep with you. I did it because it's the right thing to do. And she's like, cool, well, I'm not having sex with you because I don't... You kill creatures, and I'm basically a creature, so I'm basically a creature with female figure, and if that's not why you're gonna... And he's like, listen, lady, I don't care. I just don't want to kill you. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Like, come on now. Just let me leave. Because you're you're trying to get some flower for something. I can't remember what you needed the flower for, but you're trying to get a flower for something. I think it was for a potion of some sort that you needed for some quest. Interesting. I can't remember exactly what it was for. I think it was for one of the druids. I'm sure it's one of these things where... Oh, yeah, I know what it's for. Have you done the Gwent thing in Skellige? Oh, I got far enough that I had to get to a guy who needed a quest. That's probably the quest you're talking about. That's the quest I'm talking about. He needs some flower. Okay. Yeah, that's where you get that. I hadn't looped back to that yet because I was like, oh, okay, I can't get any further yet. I'll come do this later. That's it. That's it. You meet the second succubus there. 
Okay. But anyway, so go on. Go on with your um, never so, have I ever. So uh, my girl chose the no on that. Um, so then Eskul says something about never have I ever woken up after a bender in nothing but my knickers. And I did have Geralt drink for that one because it seemed like a Geralt thing. And But have you in this game? In this game? No, but I just thought at some point in the history of the series, it the history of the books and everything, it just really seemed like something Geralt would have done. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, sure. And Lambert also drinks. And then um, with Geralt, you get two options. It's either never have I ever taken fist tech or never have I ever done a lover's leap. What is a lover's leap? It's one of those things where like you're with somebody and you're going to get caught. So you like jump out the window. Got it. Got it. Got it. And I believe uh, so with the fizz tech one, Eskel drinks. And they look at him, and he's like, it was with the same sorceress, or with the same succubus, rather. <laughs> because, of course, you did. And I, as I understand it, if you do the lover's leap, Eskel, or I mean, um, Lambert has done that. Of course Lambert has. <laughs> Why am I not surprised at all? So after that, then it's um, Eskel's turn to get up and get more liquor. There's a scene with just Geralt and Lambert where they basically do the I love you, man. And they're both super drunk. And Geralt's like, look, you're kind of a dick, but you're my brother and I would die for you. And then, Eskel, or then Lambert's like, and you're a big know-it-all who doesn't know when to shut up, but I'd die for you too, man. <laughs> Which is the moment where I was like, okay, I kind of get it. <laughs> and then anyway, Eskel doesn't come back. So you get concerned, obviously. You get up and you have to use your witcher senses while extremely drunk. And you could be like, you, the whole screen is just... Awful. You have to go try to figure out where Eskel is, because he should have been back by now. Yeah. You go outside, and he literally, like, leaned up against the wall and somehow, like, flipped himself over and is, like, sleeping, like, curled up on his head and stuff outside. <laughs> and so, I almost forgot, Lambert puts the hat back on and pretends to be Vesemir during this sequence while you're trying to find Eskel. <laughs> He's like, this looks like a job for the experts. <laughs> that That is amazing. Uh, so anyway, you go out and you try to wake up Eskel, and then Lambert gets an idea. They should use the Megascope to call some some other sorceresses and have a good time. Okay, <laughs> this has got this has got to end well because I assume Yennefer is sleeping up there. I didn't actually see that scene. I just was reading about it when I was looking at it. I cut it off because like my girl was like Yennefer would kill you, <laughs> <laughs> but apparently. Everybody online is like, you absolutely need to see that scene. So if I ever play again, I'm going to make well, sure. Apparently you have to like dress up as Yennefer because I read the same thing. To trick people, you apparently have to dress up as Yennefer and that's how you get them to summon you. So you have to like take her clothes. Oh my God. So, I read the exact same thing I'm and so I was upset. hoping that you were going to bring it up, but uh, I guess you didn't do it either. Uh, uh, that's really funny. I'm so upset about that. And then apparently Yennefer, before anything gets kicked off, she comes in and she's like, what are you doing? Which is fully what I expected. Well, yeah. So when you wake up the next morning, they specifically go, yeah, we told Vesemir about the plan. And Vesemir's like, yeah, I don't really like it. And Lambert keeps giving him crap about saving the torture chair because it turns out her plan is to make him go through the witcher trial. The first trial of the Witcher, which... Which is the part where you drink a bunch of potions that basically kill you. The, what, the purpose of the potions is to make your body malleable. Malleable. I can, malleable. It's one of those words I just can't say. Malleable. 
I, re- I, I can't say it, but that word. It gets your body ready for like a transformation, which is why the mutagens then work. She said, this is the part that if your body can't handle it, it doesn't matter what the mutagens do. You just die. Because you're just dead. And this is one of those things where they do all these three potions and what they do is they just make your body goo. And if your body survives being gooified, then they apply the mutagens, which turns you into an actual witcher. And her plan is, this is the only thing I know, because in order to lift the curse, I have to be able to turn them back into what they were. And you can't do that unless their body is like able to be turned, which is why the the curse took so long to happen in the first place. Yeah. So you go through this and it's extremely uncomfortable. And I mean, in the sense that Uma's clearly having a real bad time. Yes. And it's really unfortunate and nobody's comfortable with what's happening, but there's no other options. Exactly. There there are no other options at this point because at this point, everybody believes that it is Siri. Right. And they can't just leave her like that. Exactly. Turns out it's not Siri. Nope. It's that elf guy. And I want to point out, both of us were initially right, even though I backpedaled on it later. The events were, she showed up in Skellige. First. Yeah, I was going to bring that up when we got to the point where we talked to her, but... Then went to Velen, then everything. Then Novigrad, then back to Skellige. So she actually started and ended in Skellige. Yes. Well, because he tells us when he wakes up, he gives us this light, which says, basically, go to the mist and get this gu- light and you'll find It will guide you her. to the Isle of the Mists. Yeah. Exactly. So, which is a place that like is not on any map and, uh, and magically enchanted to the point where you can't just stumble onto it. You or rather, get, you can stumble onto it. You can't find it if you're looking for it. You get this quest. Then they're all sitting around talking and basically saying, "Okay, we're going to go get Siri and we're going to bring her back to Caramoran." And there's going to be a battle with the Wild Heart. Yes, because the elf also immediately says, "I put her there because it's the only place that I could think of where they wouldn't immediately find her, but they'll eventually find her anyway." Exactly. But it buys some time. You find out why they can't find her, but that brings up another confusing question to me later. So you then get tasked with talking to all your friends and trying to get them to help you for this battle because this is going to be a big deal. Yeah, because you're basically inviting the wild hunt to your house to throw a party on your face. And I'd like to point out, still no caramets. Yeah. Still nowhere to be found. I'm like, I told her to come here forever ago. And no Triss. And for she's me still not either. here. And there was no Triss for me either. We sure, but like you weren't expecting her, I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she's still not here at this point. So you go and go around and talk to people, which it was funny because I got the Velen quest and then it immediately completed because the only person to talk to was Kara Metz, who we'd already done. Yes. That was the only she's either dead or at Kara Morin. Yeah. And I'm like, she's not at Karamoran though, so I don't know what to do. Whatever. I guess she'll just show up. So in Novigrad, you get to talk to Roach, who does agree to help, or at least did with me. He I think all of these things are assumed that you did their side quest, basically. Every So Roach agreed, and then he essentially said, I'll see if I want to take Vess or not. Yeah, which he did for me. He also took Vess for me, but later on when I talked to Vess, she seemed upset that I didn't specifically ask her to. Yeah. And I'm like, Vess, I didn't get the option. Yeah. Or I I definitely would have asked you. Yeah. You're like 
rush into battle, kill him now type person. I definitely would. You would have been down for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I liked Viss. Viss and Roach, I did like them from the second game because they're the guys I wound up siding with in two. So, like, I already had a connection to them. I didn't have much of a connection to them. I was just willing to accept help from anybody. Well, sure. But I mean, like, it was cool to see them help me because... And Zoltan. And what a surprise. You go up and you're like, hey, I found Siri. The wild hunt's going to attack. And Zoltan's like, sweet. Let me get my axe. Yep. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I will meet you there. Absolutely no hesitation. I was a little disappointed you don't get to ask Dandelion, though. Yeah. He totally would have come, too. Yes, but Andrew, Dandelion has a little bit more important things to worry about right now. Yeah. You, you shouldn't even worry about... Even if he said, okay, I definitely would have been like, no, Dandelion, you're not going. I mean, you need to take true. care of Priscilla. So so I totally get not asking him because... Yeah. It just would have been nice because we've seen Zoltan fight a few times and we haven't seen Dandelion do anything. Well, here's another thing. Uh, this isn't exactly... I don't know how much fighting he did in the other games, but this is really not his purview. None, but we also never saw Zoltan fight before this game either. And, well, let me tell you, Zoltan's really good at it. Yes, he I don't is. know how much f good at fighting Dandelion's gonna be. Yes, Zoltan is very good at fighting. So then you go talk to uh, Dijkstra, who basically told me to pound sand. Because he's like, I have bigger issues to worry about, namely the money that you never found for me. Yep, same thing. And I did do some research online when I was going through this to see how different ways it could go. And apparently you can get him to help you. I, I don't know if he actually himself comes or if he just gives you something or whatever. But it requires you to have let Triss suffer in that quest that we both refused to let her do that. Yeah. And as much as I dislike Triss, she still does not deserve to be tortured. Right. So I'm guessing we would have actually got information on his gold had we actually and had that we, conversation. We would have been able to track it down. Right. That's so I suspect because then he would be more willing to help, obviously. Yeah, because he told me to pound sand, too. That knocks out all the Novigrad people. And then in Skellige, you go first, you talk to, well, you can do it in mini order. We talk to Ermi and the Druid, who is immediately like, yeah, I'll get my staff. I'll be there tomorrow. Which is hilarious because he was super mad at Triss, but he's like, Geralt, you're my best friend. Also, he was one of Siri's teachers. Yes, says. I found that out, too. Apparently, Siri has, like, she was, like, best friends with Halmar, which Halmar's like, I talked to Siri and she, not Siri, Saris. Mm -hmm. And she, she's like, oh, for Siri, yeah, you can get, I, I can't go, but you can have, you can take Halmar. Yeah, I can't go, but 100% Halmar's going to go, period. Yeah. From what I understand, if he actually becomes king, she essentially, like, he essentially is like, yes, I'm going and she'll take over, I think. That sounds right, because he's the very much, I mean, A, he has a bigger attachment to Siri, and B, he is absolutely the one who'd be like, yes, I'm going. I don't care. But if neither of them become king, neither of them help you. They definitely don't help you. And Croc did help. He gave me some sword that's been in his family for decades. Yeah, it's a relic sword. It's pretty sweet. It sucked. <laughs> it sucked compared to my other sword. And I'm like, yeah. oh, man. Okay. What determines how good these swords are? Because this is not better than what I have. <laughs> This is garbage. Like, what is going on? Am I just doing the side quests that are amazing? Because why am I getting this crap? I have this bug in my game, too, which is the best bug on in the history of bugs. I realized every time I get a relic sword, it randomly copies another one of my relic swords at a higher level in my inventory. I don't know what causes it, but when he gave me that sword, 
I looked in my inventory and there was a duplicate of another sword that I had and I definitely for sure only had one before. So I'm like constantly duplicating my relics when I get a new one. Wow. Which is why I keep getting nothing better than what I have, because I keep what I have in my inventory, and when I get a new relic, it duplicates it into a better one. Wow. So, like, I found some weird bug in the game that allows me to keep the best things ever, and once I f figured that out, I'm like, I'm always going to keep a copy of my best sword. So I can keep getting higher levels of it, and it just keeps getting better. The stats don't change, but how much damage it does, does change, and that's a big factor. If I go from, you know, 60 to 100 damage to 291 to 300 damage, but with the exact same bleeding stats and everything, suddenly... Okay, so now it makes a lot more sense when you're like, I've never found a better sword than this. Like, how? I've got like six. <laughs> yeah, because my, the same swords that I use keep getting duplicated into better versions of what so they now, are. Now it makes a lot more sense because I'm like, I don't understand how it's possible that you haven't gotten anything better yeah, than I that. Yeah, I figured that out and I'm like, oh yeah, this is great. I'm going to use this to my advantage for the rest of the game. Wow. So, yeah, the, so yeah, Croc gives you that sword. So everybody in Skellige helps you, which is nice. At least mm -hmm. the way we had it. Well, I went back. I can't remember what I went back and talked to Madman about, but I did go back and talk to him about something because I specifically, I mentioned this last time, but he he, def, he, did, he did not care at all. They just didn't write they had no, for that. They were yeah. like, well, there's no possible way that they're not going to do that because it's a life debt. Well, I didn't do it. And it, the quest just fails. And you'd think Madman Logos would be like, yo, you suck, dude. Why didn't you help my son? And like, you owe me gold and none of that. None of that. I wish I could remember what I went back to talk to him about. That's hilarious. But I went back to talk. Ooh, I went back to him to play Gwent. <laughs> he was one of the Gwent people. And I went back specifically to play Gwent because he's the last person you play. He is the very last person you play in Skellige. And I'm like, ooh, Madman Lugus? This is not good. I don't want to have a conversation with him. I show up and he's like, hey, what's up, Geralt? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, hey, you want to play Gwent? And he's like, oh, I'm the best at Gwent. It's Gwent. So you definitely don't care that I never helped your son who is now dead. <laughs> cool. Got off without doing anything. And let's play Gwent. And then I win. And he's like, I freaking hate you. Get out of my sight. So yeah, what then what was next on That's the it. list? That's all the... No, no, no. You go talk to the king. Emirates. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, he basically, he doesn't give you anything. There's, there's no way for him to get you anything because both of you are at an impasse. He does he, offer to give you like a whole platoon of people, but he's like, but they're going to be under the command of my people. And Geralt's like, no. If they're coming to care more and they're under Witcher command. The first thing that he says is bring them here. And he's like, no, I cannot do that. that would I put need the, put too many people in danger. He's like the, hundreds and hundreds of your people will die. And he's like, Ugh, okay, fine, whatever. I'll send them into the forest, but they're going to be under my command. And Geralt's like, no, I refuse to budge on this. And I see that you're going to refuse too. So I'll just see you later. And he's like, okay, bye. To which I'm sitting there thinking, Wow, dude, this is your daughter. Okay, man, I get it. Whatever. He's the king. He doesn't let anybody else tell him what to do, I guess. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. Whatever, dude. So at this point, all that's left to do is go to the Isle of Mists to get Siri. Yes, which I showed up there 
And then the game's like, yo, you better save. Stuff is about to go down. And I'm thinking, oh, good. Because it even mentions, like, you're not going to be able to do side quests and everything. And I'm like, oh, no, I got to go back and do all these side quests. Specifically, it just fails the ones that, any of the side quests that were connected to the people you were talking to. Well, here's the thing. At this point, I do remember what I wanted to talk about. I never went back and did the female armorer. And I went back and did, have you done that one? Oh, you haven't? No. Well, I wasn't sure about it. And I went ahead and did it. Let's talk about that next time then. Yes, because it's, it's on my list because I need to get that. But it's I like it. I like the way that that quest ended. Okay. Uh, yes, I will. We'll definitely make sure to do that next time because it, it's been on my list. It's one something I wanted to get to here pretty soon. I just prioritized story stuff since we had discussed that we were going to do that. Well, that was the thing. I was worried at first because I had even texted you and I went out and did that mission and started doing other missions. And then you were like, oh, no, it only does it like if you didn't. If those people that you were supposed to help, if you didn't help them, it'll fail all that. And I'm like, got it. Okay, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm caught up at this point. So you go to the Isle of Mist and you let the little fairy light out of the bottle and follow it. And you go through this, you know, really foggy place with a bunch of shipwrecks. <laughs> a bunch of sirens. Yes. That I killed all of. I did not. You probably just used the horn and left, which is your usual yes. motive. I had more important things to do, like get Siri. Yeah, well, I wanted to make sure that those were not going to attack Siri on my way out. You were more concerned with, you know, not saving Siri on the way out. So you go, and you look around for a little bit, and you find this hut, which is basically the only... Well, the light stops at the hut. Right. And it won't... It refuses to budge. Right. Which is basically like the only... Well, that's not quite true. One of the only structures on the island. And you knock on the door, and there's some dwarves inside who refuse to come out until you go help their friends, who went off to go explore and try to do different things. Well, did you press them on why they're even there? Uh, yeah. And they talk about they were on their sh- ship wrecked and stuff. And it, someone gave them a light that yes. told them that they that were like, if you follow here. this, there'll be treasure. Yeah. Which is very confusing to me, as we'll very soon find out. Mm-hmm. So go on. So... I don't know how well you caught up on this, although it did make it pretty obvious near the end, but they were all modeled after the seven dwarves. Yes. Two of them just die. Two of the three you get, there's nothing you can do. You got to fight that cool thing again. Although, oh, yeah, the fiend. The one that was sleepy, the the narcoleptic, which I, I hated that. I absolutely hated that he kept falling asleep every five seconds. Yeah. Who's the only one you get to save, of course. He told me that the other two died, and I was like, okay, cool. Well, I saw the other one break his neck. I, I witnessed that one happening. Yes. The other one, I was like, at this point, I had already saved the narcoleptic, and I just left him there. He fell asleep, and I just left him there and went to go deal with... I got him back to the house, and then he just sits down and waits. Okay. Well, I went out and got saw that other fiend and was like, oh, cool. It's the fiend. I just left him there because I noticed he didn't have a health bar, so yeah. I knew. But it was hilarious because he was definitely asleep, and there were definitely foglets circling his body when I walked over, and it killed all the foglets, and I was just like, wake up! And he's like, oh, let's go! <laughs> and I'm like, dude, they were definitely chomping at you for like 20 minutes while I dealt with this other fiend, which I was very happy to get that fight again. That, those fiends are really cool. That fiend That's was one of the, awesome. one of the coolest monsters in the game. And I absolutely annihilated it. And that that dwarf, whichever one that was supposed to be, was already dead when you come there. Yes. You don't get even get to see him die like you did the one that I assume is clumsy. Get to? I, I mean, like, <laughs> you, 
You know what I meant. It you wasn't... don't even get to see the guy die. I mean, what is this crap? <laughs> and Geralt was like, he tried to run away, but his legs were too short. I'm like, wow, dude. <laughs> Thanks, Geralt. Really, really appreciate that. But this is a gigantic fiend, bro. Yeah. You would even have trouble with this. The last time I fought one of these, there was like quite literally almost an army of people with me. Mm. There was all of Baron's men and a bunch of witch hunters. Yeah. This time, though, it was a very fast fight because... because yes. Which is just a good way of showing how much stronger you've gotten over the course of the game. Yes. Because, yeah, it was nowhere near the difficulty of the first time. And I think it was like a level 25 or a 26, yeah. I want to say. And I still absolutely... He had I he had me in darkness twice. Uh, he didn't even get darkness off for me. He, he blew darkness immediately. But I found him and just started wailing at him. And then it just, he happened to hit me again with it. And I completely, like, he didn't even hit me once. He just kept darknessing me for some reason. Yeah, he didn't cast it at all for me. So I was just like, I didn't even realize until after it was dead that it was the same thing. Because I never got the darkness. But it was huge. Well, yes, but there are, there's a, another huge monster that I fought that wasn't a fiend that I can't think of the name of. So, but regardless. Like a basilisk or something? I. Maybe I'm misremembering that was a fiend too. I just the only one that's ever gotten darkness on me is the one from that boss fight. I think aren't they all fiends? Now you're like at Final Fantasy territory here, calling them fiends. I thought they were all monsters. I thought it was specifically called a fiend, though. Maybe, but I, I, you also do more question marks than I do. So maybe you came across another one of them. I, I don't know. I, I, I could be wrong on that. I thought it was just another monster. Yeah, I, I thought the name of that monster, though, was specifically called Fiend. But oh, mm, I don't know. Regardless. So you fight it, you take the one dwarf back, and they finally let you in. And then, much like the storybook, Snow White, or, well, Ash White in this case, is just unresponsive, and they think she's dead. Yes. And there's this really, I mean, I feel like you're overshadowing the fact that there is this incredibly emotional moment. I, with Geralt and Siri and I Geralt hadn't realizing that yet. Yeah, well you were too busy focusing on the stupid dwarves. I was literally just about to say, and they're like, oh, we'll go, we'll go to the boat, and then Geralt goes inside, and yeah, you get this really long cutscene of Geralt thinking she's dead and having and I think she might even actually have been. And then Oh no, no, it's no, no, no. Very clear that she was dead because this is the part I'm confused about. The light enters her. Yeah. It's very clear to me that he separated her soul and kept it right, with that's him. That's the thing that he did on the boat that we were talking about was a sleep spell or whatever. Yes. How she got into the cottage, maybe the dwarves dragged her there or I, something? Maybe, or maybe... Well, no, because he becomes Umalek right away from there. Yes. So, yeah, her boat just would have had to be adrift or whatever, and yeah, maybe they did. Because she... It looked like he knocked her out in the boat. Yeah. That's what it looked like. And then there was a light. He had a light. And then he shortly after that became Uma. Yeah. So it was, to me, almost very clear that he basically separated her soul. And that's why they couldn't find her. Right. I because agree. her literal everything was gone from her body. Right. So and then so then the, the light goes into her and then she wakes up and hugs him back. And that's what I'm very confused about is where did these dwarves get another light? That is a plot hole that I don't think they 
maybe there were two different people that were writing this and didn't realize what was going to happen or what, but why on earth would these dwarves have another light when there was clearly, at least from my perspective, no other bodies on this island? And they obviously couldn't save her, so like, because the first thing he does is he mentions, how did you get here? Yeah. Either that, or maybe they were lying and just happens to know that that's how you got here because you were following a light. I don't know. But for me, I made sure to have Siri tell me everything. Same here. And then she goes through and starts telling you everything, which we can get back to in a second. But when you actually leave, they bolt and have left without you. They stole the boat. Yeah. Yes. Left. But basically, she just goes through everything that you already knew. That's how we confirmed that that actually was the course the timeline. of Yeah. And I was like, okay, so both of us were right initially. And then later on, I kept saying, well, that can't possibly be it because it just doesn't make sense. But yeah, that was it. That actually was what happened. Mm -hmm. So as the boat is leaving, it starts to get cold. And obviously they both immediately know what that means. Yes. So Geralt's like, well, teleport us. And she goes, but you hate that. Like, I, we have no choice. <laughs> yeah, we get us to Caramoran right now. Like, they're, we're ready. We're prepared to fight. And she's like, I don't want people. And he's like, go, go now. And then again, another touching moment where everyone's kind of sitting there. And Yennefer is at the very top of the tower. And she's like doing her preparation, rushing back and forth. Like, where is Siri? What's going on? Right. What is happening? What's 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 going on? And where's Geralt? Yeah, we haven't seen anything. you have Vesemir sitting there out tending with the horses and there's the flash Siri and, and Jennifer just teleport in with like green. Awesome. Yes. And then Vesemir like, oh. and then him and Siri have a very touching moment with one another. And you hear Jennifer like Siri and she comes down, gives her a nice hug and everything. And they're kind of talking for a minute. And then she's like, we have got to go. We have preparations and everything. That's when I noticed Triss. Yeah. Because Triss is with Jennifer. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> well, and then also does her touching reunion. Who's apparently her big sister is. Yes. What Siri, Siri refers to her as, as her big sister. Yes. And so I was like, Oh, cool. So Tris did show up to help. Cause I, at first I had texted you because you had gotten to this part before me and you had mentioned Tris being there. I thought that meant that Tris was supposed to have already been there. And I was starting to get really angry because I'm like, after me helping her with all of her business, if she is not going to come in and help Siri, Triss is dead to me. Like, Triss is 100% dead to me. And when I see her showing up, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I like Triss again. She's not <laughs> bad. I still choose Yennefer, but Triss is cool in my book again. She's acceptable. Yeah, if she's, if she's you know, willing to go through all this for... Siri, then yeah, Triss is good in my book. And it's a lot, as we'll get to in a minute. So So at this point, everybody's shown up and you get a chance to walk. No, no, no. Oh, sorry, go ahead. How did the conversation between Yennefer and Triss go for you? Uh, Yennefer basically is like, I'll give you two some time alone. And Geralt's like, are you sure about that? Yeah, I'm going to give you two alone. And then, so they stand there. And Triss says, it's been a while since I've been here. And goes, she threw out the bed. She's like, she's like, that's fine. We'll just get a big rug and sit on the floor. And Yennefer's standing like 10 feet away. So for me, and they're like, we'll continue this conversation later. <laughs> she threw out the bed. So for me, Trish kind of looks at both of you and go, why don't I give you guys a minute? And Gerald is kind of like, um, I don't really know if we have time for that. 
or well, no, Geralt has the option of saying like, okay, cool, let's do it, or I don't really have the time for that. And then Triss comes back and insists, and then Geralt's like, okay, let's fine, let's take a minute. Yeah. So then Geralt says, you know, he's like, you know, I'm I'm happy to see you again. And Triss kind of says, like, I, he says something stupid. It's just like, you know, what's going on? What's happening? And she goes, 45 seconds. He's like, <laughs> Geralt's like, what? She goes, we have 45 seconds to say whatever we need to say. And we need to get back because a lot of stuff is happening. And now we have 30 seconds. And he goes, well, I'm really happy to see you. And I'm glad you're here. And she's like, I'm really happy to see you too. Now let's go. Basically, she's the very, just the opposite of Triss. The like... We have 45 seconds of our minute. Yeah. Let's hurry this up. I'm glad to see you. I'm glad to see you too. Now let's go. We have stuff to do. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. I'm like, it's definitely Yennefer's personality of we have exactly one minute and we are not going to take a single minute more because this is seriously not good. What's about to happen? Yeah. So then, yeah, you get to walk through Caramoran and see and talk to all the people that you've gotten to help you. And Kara is right there in the door. Yeah, just, she's finally here. And Geralt even makes a comment. He's like, I was expecting you earlier. She's like, I actually was going the other way and then changed my mind and decided to come this way instead. And he's like, well, why did, because I pressed her a little mm-hmm. bit. And I'm like, why did you decide to do that? And she's like, listen, a girl's got to do what a girl's got to do. And I just made my decision. Shut up. Yeah. Apparently, you have the option to interact with her bubble, which I didn't see. She gets mad at you. Yeah, what do you? What does he actually do? He just like touches it, and she's like, "Geralt, please stop messing with it. If I'm going to die today, I'm at least going to look as good as I possibly can. Stop interrupting me." <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that because I just walked up and immediately talked to her. But yeah, I was trying to talk to her, but apparently I had the bubble selected. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you see. Roach shows up, and Roach and Vest go out and go do some scouting, and obviously. Like, Ermion is doing some kind of trap with gas. Yes, he's he's making it. So, basically, he's saying, hey, there's huge gas deposits under this, and he's opening up the so that thing. We can blow it up. So, that way, you can use Axe or Igni to blow it up during the fight. Zoltan is creating these... Explosive barrels. Explosive barrels. Lambert's and trying... He, and also, he's a blacksmith, in case you need to repair your stuff, which was really yes, nice. Yes, which was awesome. Yeah. I had no idea. Me either, but, like, he's only an amateur, and I'm like, good job, dude. I did need to actually use some of those armor tools while I was in the fight, though. I didn't. I got him up to. I got everything up to max, and then it survived the fight. So it didn't for me. Like halfway through the, I guess we'll find out because I had. I may have had an extra wave than you did. Probably. <laughs> so so you eventually get inside. Uh, Eskel's doing like meditation. Lambert that and yeah, that's the moment where Lambert does the look. Series one of us. We're gonna protect her with everything we've got. Exactly. And I'm like, oh, dude, you're good in my book. You're a jerk and I can't stand you, but you're good. Yeah. Like that, when when it comes down to. He's right or die, even if he's a jerk. Yes. When the cards are on the table, he's there for you. And I'm like, okay. I st- still, I'm not cool with you killing that guy, but like, I, okay, you're good now. So then you go inside and it's time to do the war council. Mm-hmm. And you make the decisions on how you're going to prepare for the fight because, you know, you only have so much time. To make things happen. So Zoltan and Vesemir, or not Zoltan, uh, Lambert and, yeah, yeah, Zoltan wants to make more bombs. No, 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 the, Zoltan already has his bombs. Vez and Roach say they're going to go out and dig pit traps. Oh, yeah. 
Vez wa- Roach wants to make par- traps, and what's his face wants to make potions. Eskel wants to make yeah. Eskel wants to make potions and ve- or wants to make traps, and Vesemir wants to make potions. What did you do? I did the traps. Me too. Because the traps seem more important to me. My thought was only the witchers can use the potions. Traps something anybody could benefit from. Yes, and then Lambert wants to repair the wall, which he's been which is hilarious because he's been pitting it off forever. And Eskel wants to clear the armory. The armory. swords in there. Yes. I repaired the wall. I didn't. I went for the sword options, and they dig a special sword out for Geralt. Nice. So I ended up like, from what I understand. All the witchers get a plus to combat during that fight for choosing that option, mm-hmm. and then you get a special sword. That's cool. And if you choose the other one, you, you have get to fight one less, less people. You have one less wave of enemies that you have to And fight. each wave is pretty nuts, so that's a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. I had a lot of fighting to do, so much, in fact, that your sword. I had to repair yeah. my sword because my sword was down to like 20%. And wow. so I had one of them that, that did 90, and I just blasted that and got it all the way back up to 100. And then that got me for the rest of the fight. Because one of them gives you, like, master or master tools or something. Yeah. And that allowed me... I'm like, sweet, okay. I've been holding on to these things the entire oh, yeah, game. yeah, same here. I mean, I've, I haven't used any, so it's not like it would have been a big deal if I did, but I didn't have to. I was pretty stoked about that. So then it's time for the fight. And uh, the plan is pretty... Impressed. I mean, Lambert and Geralt volunteer to basically just go out and harass the hunt. Meanwhile... Um, and close portals. Right. Because... They gotta specifically close the portals because Yennefer is going to make this gigantic shield around the entire castle, and they're going to portal in... Because they can't portal straight in, they have to get closer, and then that's... And then you're, you're, the whole point is Triss is going to use magic to then kill all of them, and you're going to use... Bombs... To close the portals right. or Yurden. Right. And also, you know, harass and fight some guys while you're out there. And meanwhile, everybody tells Siri, of course, stay in the castle no matter what. Don't go out because they're here for you. So protecting you is the most important. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, everybody else is basically taking up defensive positions in the castle to hold them off as best as possible. So then the fight starts as soon as it starts to get cold, like it always does. Yeah, right after you're done with all the preparations, you you get this thing where you basically get to save, and then it goes, okay, go out with Lambert when you're ready, and then yeah. as soon as you go out there for Lambert... You can't save it all during the fight at that point. You're yeah, stuck in it. it goes, and I closed all of them with, with bombs. Me too. And then I slaughtered all the people. Me too. It was so cool that we were invisible. That was awesome. I'd like to point out, Yennefer is freaking amazing. That scene... Where she, like, uses those two things and then just blasts this shield over everything. And on top of that, gives invisibility to both Geralt and Lambert. I'm like, yo! And then as soon as Lambert and Geralt get out there, they're talking and this whole troop shows up. And Lambert's about to be like, let's go kill him. And he goes, hey, we're invisible. We're going to drop it as soon as our thing goes. And he goes, let Triss take care of it. And Triss just throws down this massive storm of meteors and everything. And Lambert's like, yo. Remind me never to make Marigold angry. Yeah. Do not. If I'm ever about to make her mad, remind me that's a bad idea. Yeah. So really, both of the sorceresses are just amazing during this fight. 
It's very clear how powerful sorceresses are, specifically these two. Yeah, because these two, I mean, certainly everything in the game is implied, even by the standards of sorceresses, these two are really strong. Yes, they are very powerful. And this whole, like, putting up a giant shield thing is like... A big deal. And she holds it for a long right. time. And then Triss also makes a magic amulet because she gives that one to Siri. Yes, which I never actually use that. It basically calls down Triss's meteors whenever you use it. Well, I I thought that was a last ditch, like, no, kill you can use it as many times sort of as you want. It's just basically like a targeting beacon, and then Triss is like, boom. I wish I had played around with that a little bit more than what I did because I didn't at all use it i didn't think it was gonna kill siri but the thing is oh, I does. If, never, if you stand in the area it will hurt you yes but i never actually used it because i never needed it for anything yeah but no it I completely annihilated everybody when it was time that's, to that's, actually basically be that's siri. what it is it's just a targeting beacon and like tris locks on to when you use it and just throws a meteor at him so after you close all the portals you basically get swamped by these dudes and that, they're like okay we gotta wait for tris and then it never comes and it turns out well, Siri has left yeah. because, of course, she has. Triss is being attacked. And, and so she Siri goes to save her. She leaves because she notices that Geralt shoots up the like the beacon to drop the, bombs. You need to fire on us now. Yeah. Like, we have got to go. And she's like, something is happening. This Things are not good. And she goes over and she saves Triss. And then Triss lays down this hill there's this awesome, awesome scene, scene of yeah Lam- of, of Geralt, Geralt and, and Lambert. Lambert like fighting these dudes and I'm so I'm like this is so awesome like these dudes are just and like, I'm, I'm, I'm literally sitting there waiting for something bad to happen because I'm like Lambert's gonna get stabbed or something and they're just doing they're going around and they're and like fighting flipping and, off of each other it's like it's super cool it's like this is the quintessential moment when two characters like bond or whatever right. and something bad happens I thought the exact same thing. I was like oh no please tell me and, Lambert doesn't die and, I'm and, like I'm friends with him now, and finally. Like, specifically, there's a moment, like, Lambert notices that the meteors are coming. Mm-hmm. And grabs Gerald and throws them both on the ground and puts a shield up. And I was sitting there thinking, the shield's only go- not going to work, and he's going to die. And, like, he's going to, they're going to hit him, and he'll protect Gerald. I was convinced that was what's going to happen. But it doesn't, thankfully. And the shield goes down, and then Gerald's like, let's go, let's move. Yeah. And then more firestorm comes down. But uh, yeah, I was so convinced Lambert was about to bite it. And I was like, oh, thank you. And then you get back in there and Lambert's about to bite it. Yeah. Because something else happens and Kara shows up and she saves them. Yes. Like, admittedly, she's got a lot of cool powers, but like in the realm of... Not anywhere near what... She might as well be doing magic tricks. Comparatively, yeah. (laughs) Comparatively. And what she did was definitely cool, but... She might have well been just been doing parlor tricks. Right, yeah. Like, it was such a small scale. I mean, like, it's a little blast thing, whatever, but it's nothing compared to what the other two have been doing. And so then you have to fight waves and waves and waves of enemies. And and actually, I Lambert can die there if she's not there. That does not surprise me at all. He definitely was going to. You, I mean, you, you get a time to try to go save him, but if you can't get to him in time, he dies for sure. Whereas you just don't have to worry about that if Kira's there. Yeah. Which that's that's why I say I went, it. It feels I, like everybody is integral to well, this. Well, I just fight. meant like in terms of the entire plan could not have possibly worked without the without Triss being there. Whereas like Kira, it just would have come out worse, but it still could have happened. Well, that I, I get what you're saying, but at the same point, to in order to get a quote unquote good end, everyone is integral to the fight. Oh yeah, yeah. No, to get the best outcome, everybody has to be there for sure. Yes. 
and because I actually went and read about it after I got through it, just because I was really curious how many different ways it could go. So we get to basically we need to retreat to the inner circle. Yeah, because unsurprisingly, I mean it it's going way better than it should have going up against an entire army, but we're still not winning. Things are not going well, and I thought things were going to go very differently because Geralt gets frozen and so does Eskel like immediately. Both of them get frozen. Before that, there's another scene where Siri has to go help again. You need to go save Eskel because he's being pinned down. Oh, yes. Because he's the one who's manning the inner gate and they're trying to fall back and they can't because the gate's closed. But as soon as you get into the inner gate, things are not good. No, yeah, because the hunt freezes everybody and basically at this point everyone is down for the count and the only people that were saved were vesemir and siri yeah because vesemir saw what was coming and pulled basically pulled siri down yes i thought tris was gonna like thaw Geralt, and he was gonna come in and save the day but no absolute (laughs) this really got me vesemir dies yeah that so the 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 hunt trying to save siri and yeah, Siri's basically about to give herself up to try to save Vesemir in the typical heroic fashion. And he's like, no, this absolutely cannot happen. I am doing this for you. And he pulls out a knife and stabs the guy. And the guy because breaks his neck. Vesemir knows that he's going to die. And he told her, you have to run. Yeah. You absolutely have to leave. She refuses. Well, when Vesemir dies... Ooh, boy. <laughs> Things so, kick off. So all that talk that we had previously about how certainly in the way things people talked about it and the way it was implied, Siri was by far the most powerful character in the story. Finally get to see that for real. Her energy freaking explodes and essentially kills everybody but the captains of this dude's army. And it almost kills him. Yeah. Because he is trying to grab her and his vice captain or whatever. So the captain essentially saves him because he it's very clear that her power was about to kill him too. And his vice captain pulls him out and into a portal and they escape. Siri does not stop. No. Because she cannot control her power. And Eskel's thing starts breaking and his ears start bleeding. And I'm like, Oh, no. And then the elf saves the day. He comes out and he's like, I know how to stop this and essentially puts her to sleep. And then it's like immediate funeral time. Yeah. Then I just yeah jump straight ahead to Vesemir's funeral. And this is. And then Siri gets very upset and basically is like, look, I'm done running. We can't keep doing this. We have to. When that, did you talk to everyone at the funeral first? Yeah. So Zoltan is basically because Zoltan's was very practical. Mm-hmm. I when I talked to him, Eskel was like, "I'm leaving. This place is not the same without Vesemir. Yeah, I'm I'm gone. That's just the way it is." I just was like, "Go." Mm-hmm. I I totally I understand. Yeah. Um, then it's like series there, and she leaves like immediately, and she's like, "Screw this! I'm tired of this," and she leaves. And she takes the little witcher thing and she's like, I'm going to go kill him or whatever myself. And basically all the mages and the elf and her go off and do their thing. And then they give you an opportunity to talk Mm -hmm. because she's very upset about Vesemir and everything. But the conversation that you're talking about happens in a minute. Okay. That's after you talk to everybody else. Zoltan is like, 
listen, you're delusional. We've got to fight them. And Geralt's like, yeah, probably, but I don't really know what to say. You find out that Lambert and Kara are going to go off and yeah, that's party what I was, up. That's what I was referring to when you could talk about how we would, what I was starting to say earlier about how you can get an epilogue about that. Oh, so there's an epilogue with those two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, it happens really early in Act 3. I just ha- got into a conversation, and I was like, "Cause so the plan that we get that basically comes out of this conversation with Siri, so I guess we can wait if you have more. No, 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 that's why I'm, I was done. The only one, the only two things were, yeah, Ehrman says he's going to help you, and Zoltan, or, or um, yeah. Roach, I was like, what can I do to repay you? The only reason why I specifically said that one is because I don't know if it has any impact on whether you get invited to the whole three gang or not when you're going to kill the king, but I wanted to make sure that I was like, yo, you you help me and everything. I'm going to do whatever it takes, and if I can get in on this plan, I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Which at this point, you know... I don't really care about Deekster anymore. I'm only in it for Roach because I'm like, dude, you didn't even bother to help me. Like, screw you. Yeah. I'm doing this for Roach now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was there for me. I still want the king to die, but I'm totally doing this for Roach, not you. I'm very mad at you. <laughs> so. But yeah, so then you go off and Siri is having this argument with them and or the elf or the, the sage is like, hey, so are they the same race as the Wild Hunt? Because they, so they look said, very similar. At some point, I I think it was Yennefer, but I don't remember. Somebody at some point specifically mentions that the Wild Hunt is elves from another world. And their world is dying and they're trying to invade and that's what this whole thing has been about. Oh. Because they can't trans they can't transport an entire army. Right, and that's why they want Sirius so they can bring all of their people at once. And they don't care if it's gonna kill her or not. Right. But yeah, they're elves from some other world. Exactly. So, I mean, in their mind, they're the good guys. Mm-hmm. They're going about it in a horrible way, but I mean... They're trying to save their own people. It's one of those things where it's like, objectively, from Geralt's perspective, they are bad guys. But from their perspective, it's like, we are doing everything we can to save our entire race. Right. Conquering another planet's probably not the best way to go about it, but, you know, whatever. It is what it is, I guess. I will say one conversation that you had with Siri, and I think this is before the fight and everything, you have an opportunity to talk with her. And she says something about how one of the worlds that they went to, or no, that's later on. That's no, later no, that's on. early. That was back in the Isle of Mists where she could talk about the worlds that she went to and like, why did you come back? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And she was like, oh, one of them where, like, everybody had flying cars and everything. It was, like, almost clearly a reference to, like, modern day. Yeah. But, like, future modern day yeah. us. It was kind of like a not... Because I was very... Ex- was like, stop making things up. I told you you wouldn't believe me. I was very expecting them to be like, oh, yeah, everyone has cell phones. I'm very expecting it to be a direct correlation to our planet. But they also said everyone was machines, so I guess it wasn't. I think it was more like a, like a steampunk. Like, I was thinking of, like, Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, it was like a steampunk sort of thing. Yeah. But I thought it would have been a nice little nod if it was, like, very clearly, like, the player's world, like, our world. That would have been really funny. But, yeah, that's right. It was more of a steampunk type thing. But, yeah, so they're all arguing with one another, basically talking about how you guys didn't clearly didn't do enough to train her because she's obviously not good at controlling her powers. And... That's when the conversation comes up where she basically storms off and says she's going to kill them. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, 
let her go. She just needs some time. And the elf is like, or it was Yennefer or the elf. One of them is like, yeah, I get it. She needs some time, but she's going to have to come back at some point Mm -hmm. because we have got to deal with this. Yes. Yennefer and Triss are like, we have to talk to the lodge now. We absolutely have to, which means I guess we're going to go on a quest to find Philippa. We kind of have to. Among others, yes. So I am kind of happy about that just because, again, I want that king to die and hopefully, you know, it happens because he's a a giant jerk. So Geralt's like, yeah, I don't really trust the Lodge at all, but... We don't really have a choice here. We don't have a choice. Unless there was something else you wanted to say, it fast forwards a couple days. No, nothing else in there um, other than, I was going to say, coming out of that... There's a conversation that happens not too terribly farther in where you get to ask about the status of the lodge. And one of the people you can ask about is Kira because she was in the lodge. And that's when he plays the epilogue about what happens to Kira based on the decisions you made earlier. So since we had the exact same decisions, what happens to Kira? Uh, We didn't, though, because you didn't let her keep the stuff. Oh, my Kira winds up getting together with Lambert and they live happily ever after. And she goes on to find a cure for the plague and becomes known as a famous healer throughout the world. Oh, and found her purpose in life that she had been missing by continuing this research. Did you happen to look up what happens to my Kira? No, but I would imagine. No, I didn't. Well, I guess I'm going to find out next time. Yeah. How far did you go past the fight? Well, so just first it skips ahead and there's a conversation with Siri where she's feeling discouraged about her progress. and You get a decision about like try to cheer her up or tell her she doesn't have to be good at everything all the time. What did you say? I tried to cheer up. So you played snowball, fight, snowball with fight with her. Yes, it was great. Did you win? I did. Oh, yeah. She didn't even get a single shot. No, me. No, head. she didn't. She did the same thing then and tried to yes, cheer I up. Yes, I did. The question that I have for you, other than that one, mm-hmm. did you take her to see the king? I did not. I thought about it really hard, but I was like, she doesn't really seem like she has any interest in going back there. I'm not worried about it. I did. Okay. And based off of something that you did earlier, that's interesting. What happened? Well, I can't remember what you chose. I, I already forget what your choice was. The bowing or not? It's no. Like the only choice that... No, you, there was a choice with Siri or something. Oh. I think we talked about it last episode. Oh. Which is probably why I don't remember it. <laughs> and there was existential dread on your side. I don't remember now. Well, I'm not, I don't, I'm not sure what you're referring to. How did the conversation with the emperor go? Well, hold on a second, because I need to know what it is. Oh, that's right. The uh, um, It was the thing with uh, Radovid. It was the thing with Radovid. Oh, the crystal? Okay, so... That's where I was confused, because it's the only thing I could think back to, and I'm like, that doesn't have anything to do with Siri. Well, good news for you is I don't think you're on the path for Siri dying. I mean, that is good news. <laughs> <laughs> At least not yet. I don't think you are. I did take her to see the, the Emperor. Okay. And... I basically said, hey, he's your father. If you want to see him, you can. And she goes, well, what do you think? And I'm like, well, I really think this is a decision for you. And she goes, yeah, but I want to know your opinion. And I'm like, well, then I guess you should go see him because he is your father. You get there. And he says, I didn't think you'd keep your word. And my response is, I always keep my word. And he goes, well, here's your gold. To which my immediate response was, I did not do it for the gold. I did this for Siri, and I did this. I, 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 all of this was done for Siri and Siri alone. Because at the same time, I'm like two grand, bro. I'm rich. 
I might have more money than you. <laughs> like, because he's talking about you're going to live in luxury for the rest of your life with 2,000 extra gold. And I'm like, dude, do you have any idea how rich I am? That's like not even 1% of what I have. <laughs> like, so you are, you're an idiot. Get out of here. Uh, I guess that's a little bit more than 1%. This is like 10% of what I have. Yeah. I, regard, it doesn't matter. To which Siri immediately smiles. She's very happy. And then she holds Geralt's hand for a second. And then she says, okay, I will hear you out on this. And then he says, well, Geralt, I want to talk to my daughter. And he basically goes inside and he talks to the captain for a minute. He talks to the captain and he does this whole thing where he says, you guys are just talking back and forth. And the cat, the captain's talking about, yeah, he's making her an offer to be the empress and who wouldn't want to do that. And he's like, what? moron in their right mind would ever turn this down to which she immediately storms out yelling about how this is bullcrap and how could he could he possibly make this decision like you're an idiot i would never ever do that you you basically just get this moment of okay well we're gone and then she immediately we show up and we're about to to attack that guy at the, the mountain mountain which that's where i stopped i haven't done anything past that mountain okay I'm assuming you've done that. I did the mountain. Yes, that was right. The last thing I did. Okay, but that we'll is the that very next time. thing I'm going to yes. do. Yes, literally, because you have no choice. Yes. So this has already been a pretty long episode, but so let's. I guess we should probably dive in. What are your expectations for next time? Well, my expectations at this point, since I took her to see the emperor, is I'm guessing that I've locked myself into her basically being on the king track or whatever i suspect that i have not done that obviously <laughs> the thing is like i don't i don't know what you there there are specific things i had no idea that it was even possible for siri to die but apparently it is and I, i'm super not happy I, and cool about that i knew that going in that that was that it was possible for siri not to survive I just already had heard that a long time ago. Well, at this point, I, I don't care what people think of me. I am 100% going to follow a guide because I do not want Siri to die. And looking at things that I've looked at now, I've basically fallen into the Siri becomes Empress because I am not going to allow Siri to die. It's not going to happen. Correct. What we do otherwise is one thing, but she can't die. Siri will not die. That's just a non-starter. So at this point, yeah, I I guess Siri's going to become Empress. I wonder if that's good or not. I don't know. I hope it is good. I mean, obviously, it's better than her dying, of course. Well, I feel like at this point, I have to get Radovid killed, and the North has to win the war. Or no. Nilfgaard has to win say, yeah, the, the war. The North would need to lose. So... I guess I've locked myself into doing all that because I took her to the emperor. I don't think it's possible for her to become a witcher, which I guess in my opinion, I don't know if she would just be happy doing the same old thing. I, I don't know. I feel like from what I know of Siri, if those are the options, I feel like she personally would probably enjoy being a witcher more. Potentially, but she may have... Depending on what happens with with her as Empress or whatever, she she may have the 
she has the ability to touch more people and oh, save more people. For that sure. Way. She could potentially do a lot more good. I'm just thinking in terms of like, what would Siri want? I feel like being a witcher probably more than being Empress. So my my expectations are me going forward is I kill Radovid or someone kills Radovid. There's a plan to kill Radovid and you know the Peller and his his goat clones, his goat clones are probably going to come up again uh with with the wild hunt and everything. So yeah, I mean at this point we're in act 3 now. And things are probably going to kick off for the rest of the game. Yes, I expect things are going to move pretty quickly now. So, Because I feel like there's probably not going to be that many new side quests or anything either. It's really just going to be cleaning up and heading to the finale. That would be my guess, yeah. There's probably not going to be a whole lot of anything going on. It's basically just going to be, it's go time. Because I'm about in the 30s now anyway, which is, I think, where you're supposed to end the game. The, the base game, yeah, it's like mid-30s. So... I mean, I think there's only three acts, so we're definitely over halfway through the game. Yes, there are only three acts. And I think as is typical for these sorts of games, usually the last act tends to be shorter and very, like, very main story and not a lot of side quests. So I guess what are your expectations going forward? Um, so what you said in terms of of that, uh, I expect at some point we're going to have to go talk to the Lodge or have the Lodge come to us or something. We're going to get a bunch of sorcerers together. <laughs> yeah, um, we're going to find Philippa. Or F- Philippa, or we're we're gonna find her, and we're gonna get everybody because I have to assume that none of the sorceresses are going to help us until we find her. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I figured it'll be very similar to the last couple acts. It'll be a bunch of side quest or a bunch of quests, and then when we're done with all of them, we can go on the finale. Like different paths we can take at the beginning and just kind of do in the order we want. So I'm really gonna have to figure out what's gonna happen here in Witcher Four. Yeah. Well, we've got DLC still. We got the DLC, but still, like we're we're in we're in like end game territory here. I'm gonna have to figure this out real soon. Yeah, better you better think about it. Before I can tell you, time. it's gonna revolve around that Peller, obviously, and his clones. Like this, they're not. It's the clone army. Witcher Four is gonna be an entirely Gwent based game. It's just Geralt going around playing Gwent against see, everyone. He, see, I don't know about that, man. I, I think at the end of this game, he's gonna have a real intervention. <laughs> it might not. Geralt might not even be in it. You know, if maybe Siri's going to take up. If true end is Siri as Empress, you know, Peller's going to rise up, and there. I don't know if Gwen. He's probably going to something's going to happen. And Gwen's going to be abolished. It's because they came out with the new iPhone game, and it's just not as good. That is why Garrett will come back out of retirement in Witcher Four is because they abolished Gwen, and he can't have that. <laughs> so. Well, I think that's probably going to do it for this episode of Video Games Cover to Cover. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Video Games C2C with the number two, where we talk about video games, obviously, and our new episodes and things like that. You can also find us on our Discord, which is the pinned tweet on our Twitter, where you can come have conversations with us and, again, talk about video games or whatever else the people in our little corner of the internet feel like talking about. And... You can also email us at videogamescovertocover at gmail.com. As always, if you got a second and you like what we do, shoot us a review or give us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. And with that, I love Yennefer. Yennefer.